Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Connor Borrego. Connor Borrego is a Midwest-based technology entrepreneur. He has worked for the past decade in the advertising technology industry, most notably as a startup growth consultant for Google. Currently, Connor is commercializing a blockchain-powered software to help musicians increase their earnings as an artist and grow their online audience. Connor received his Master of Science in Business Intelligence Systems from Syracuse University, and he received his Bachelor of Arts in Entrepreneurial Communications from the University of Michigan. Well, good afternoon, Connor. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. You know, we shared some time just before we hit the record button, Connor, and it's exciting. I know you're from the Midwest, the Michigan area uh, previously, but you've making that transition to Kansas City where I'm located. Uh, again, I've traversed the globe, 40 countries doing these podcasts, and it's you'd think I'd have a lot more in Kansas City, but but I don't. But this is exciting that I get to meet another person from Kansas City. And we're going to talk about some cool things today, like blockchain web three stuff. So I'm really, really jazzed. So Connor, we're going to just jump right into these questions here. And let's talk a little bit about um, your career a bit. Like I said, you're in data, you've got a background in technology, web three, and now the founder and chief product officer at Unipro. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Yeah, absolutely. And so honestly, the path here has been pretty convoluted and all over the place, which I think is pretty typical for people in the technology space, honestly. Um, but as far as what inspires me, it, it's my interests. I, uh, I'm a book bookworm, I would say. And so ultimately, back in, I was probably 2015, 2016, I started reading some books on blockchain, started going down some rabbit holes online. Um, <clears throat> all the while, I've been working in the digital advertising technology space. And while I started in a, a small sales role, I did you know, because of some opportunities I got doing research projects for CEO of the ad tech startup I was working at, was able to develop some analytical and programming skills, which ultimately led me to pursue a master's in data science. So I went from starting out as kind of a, a salesperson with my head in the clouds to kind of like underneath the hood, managing advertising technology data. And um, simultaneously alongside that, learning quite a bit about blockchain and the way which the technology could revolutionize the information industry. Um, <clears throat> so all of these kind of interests were just, you know, kind of just stemmed from the fact that I'm more of a bookworm and I've always been kind of attracted to new and emerging technologies just to kind of like experiment and see what they're up to. Um, and it just so happened that you know, my, my career experience uh, was also kind of aligning very much with the interest I had outside of work. Um, I, I took that further, getting that master's degree, and uh, I ended up leaving the startup I was working at halfway through to go to Google, join their accelerated growth team, um, where I was their automated uh, machine learning, smart bidding product expert for the advertising systems. Uh, but what that primarily came down to was I would work with startups that had raised anywhere between half a million to $50 million and connect essentially all of their software systems to Google ads to make sure that we could feed enough data into the algorithms to ensure that all of their advertising spend was not only profitable, but profitable at the specific margins the CFO and the CEO were kind of specifying uh, as the terms required for sustainable growth for their business. Um, and 
And so really a lot of that <laughs> opened up my eyes and kind of, like I said, a lot of the information and experiences sort of folded upon each other. Um, but, but really it's just, you know, <laughs> if we go back for, far enough, uh, you know, when I was like 12 years old, I was using things like BitTorrent to be able to watch whatever shows or listen to whatever music I wanted. And uh, my exposure to, you know, learning about those new softwares that were coming out and how to start utilizing them and just kind of getting on the internet to teach myself things uh, sort of started this spiral rabbit hole, uh, so to speak, years ago. Um, I actually went into college thinking I was going to be a physician uh, and join the healthcare field like the rest of my family. But, um, <laughs> you know, things don't really pan out the way you plan sometimes. You're exactly right. And um, it's life takes you in different. It's like a book. You have different chapters. So I really, really appreciate the share, especially, you know, uh, the the way you're immersing yourself in some of this emerging tech. So thank you. And Connor, talk to us about Unipro, the no code first party data custodian and your idea in order to build a profitable, sustainable business. Every element must be working in union. Yeah, so Unipro, it's sometimes hard and nebulous to describe it, but it's basically a crypto wallet for consumer data. So um, if you think about where Web3 is going um, at, the, at the end game here, we're talking about decentralized applications, um, and we're, we're talking about swapping out the cloud infrastructure for the blockchain in infrastructure to run all of our favorite apps and websites. Um, what does that really mean for the end user, the end consumer? which is the, the part that I like to think I'm focusing on. And um, what that really means is that users are going to be able to hold their, their digital profile, their digital identity, their digital breadcrumb trail, whatever you really want to use to refer to all of the data that refers to their activity online, um, whether it's just profile information or their logs of activities on various platforms, uh, we know um, as of the last 10, 15 years, that, that that data is incredibly valuable and, in fact, represents a $2 trillion a year economy. Um, many consumers are completely unaware of how large the economy, the buying and selling of their user data really is. Now, only about 20% of that is related to advertising. And that's, that's primarily where my focus lies and where the consumer uh, data focus of this lies. Um, but <laughs> what... What it would take to have essentially this profile that you can plug into any application is a set of standard data structures um, that represent uh, activities within a software system that are pretty generic. So whether you use MailChimp or HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever it may be that's your uh, email service provider to communicate with your customers, Ultimately, your customers are going to exist in several different stages and categories, and you're going to hopefully move them through those various stages, ultimately trying to get them to be a customer, a partner, an investor. Um, and uh, regardless of which platform you're using, many of those activities are generic and repeated across them. And the most important thing is being able to translate that data across those systems uh, in a way that allows the user. Uh, to take their information with them. So because all of this data reply is, is reliant on economies of scale, you need a lot of data in order to supply the value proposition to consumers that their, that their data is valuable to them. 
this is why we see platforms like Facebook being so valuable <laughs> because of the underlying user base and all of the data that's associated with them. Um, so you can't necessarily make that promise to consumers right out the gate. There have been plenty of startups that have tried that over the last 15 years. Um, but usually they burn through all of their cash paying their early customers before they ever reach a critical mass to really see that breakaway growth of paying consumers for their data. My hypothesis or thesis with Unipro was that um, the people who need to um, own their data today are not necessarily mass consumers, but content creators specifically, um, because there are many small businesses. Uh, whose data is immediately valuable to their audiences and the growth of their audiences and the revenue that they der derive from those audiences. Um, but as a software company that needs to make money, uh, I, I also needed to identify within the content creators space um, which content creators would actually be able to afford a software that needed significant investment uh, you know, from an engineering team to kind of get going. And that's ultimately how we landed on recording music artists and record labels, um, because we understand that, uh, you know, even some of these mid-sized musicians can be bringing home three to four thousand dollars at a weekend, which means they can afford, you know, a couple thousand dollar a month subscription to a growth marketing software that is focused on helping them to own their first party data and then repurpose it to save money on their audience acquisition. Um, so that's. You know, talking about how do you build a sustainable business model, I think it's looking at not just what is the market opportunity and what the end state product looks like, but who's actually going to be willing to pay you and who has the funds to pay you uh, to, to actually afford the development of the product or service you're providing. Um, and that is probably the area where we spent the longest as a, a startup. And, you know, we're really getting our wheels spinning now that we've identified musicians and record labels as our as our core uh, target customer. We spent quite a lot of time uh, doing this for graphic designers and bloggers over the last two years, um, gained a lot of great experience and definitely moved the product forward quite a bit. But it's only now that we're actually starting to generate revenue that, that might actually be attractive to investors. Thank you for sharing, Connor. I, I appreciate that. Really do. Um, again, you've got, I think, a really a unique platform that uh, will certainly catch on uh, moving forward, especially in this uh, Web3 space. So, Connor, briefly, could you just share? I know you're leveraging some emerging tech, right? We talk about Web3 blockchain. Is there anything you might be able to share with us briefly? Absolutely. So uh, the main thing that I'm offering besides essentially, I think, standard data structures, which fulfills the composability element of Web3. Um, that's that's where I think Unipro fits in. Uh, we're also offering those musicians uh, basically various opportunities to utilize NFTs to generate new streams of revenue for them. So what that looks like is we're helping musicians uh, create collectible digitals. Um, you know, oftentimes it's just tickets or merch. Um, but some of that is, you know, evolving into more like VIP experiences because uh, we're utilizing NFTs and RFID uh, to create like T-shirts that act as your ticket into a VIP experience um, at one of these physical concerts, events, festivals. Um, and the musicians themselves are selling these VIP passes as, you know, expensive collectibles 
that not only exists as digital, but uh, they have that, in, like I said, that NFT sewn right into the physical merchandise so that it serves as, uh, you know, an authentication service or a ticket to, to these in real life experiences. That's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. Like I mentioned earlier, before we started the podcast, Connor is our platforms built on blockchain and we have some interesting things uh, that we use. Uh, but again, it goes back to a, a, a great colleague out of the Czech Republic who does something very similar that he built for uh, some other entrepreneurs. So we'll have to definitely chat offline on that. And Connor, last question here for you. Can you share something briefly from your career experience? That would be helpful for, the, for those looking to grow their career in either entrepreneurship or tech. Yeah, I, I think the most helpful advice I could could give here is truly to follow, you know, the opportunities that present themselves to you, specifically the ones that uh, speak to your interests. And I think this is such a personalized uh, reflection that someone needs to do themselves. It's kind of hard to give advice around. Um, but I think when you're genuinely interested in a topic, you don't mind spending hours, you know, reading, learning, discussing it. So that's usually a pretty clear indication of uh, an area that you may be interested in. And um, if you want to, f- if it's not necessarily in technology and entrepreneurship, but you do want to be in that space, what I would do is I, I take that interest that is already you know, kind of captivated you. And I would start Googling for, you know, technology and software companies that are working in and around the space. And when you can kind of understand the landscape around your interests, you might be able to identify where some business skills that you have can fit into some of these businesses. You maybe may be able to make a career change that, uh, you know, kind of starts out doing stuff that you're already familiar with, but in an area you're now interested in. And uh, from there, you can probably make lateral moves into, you know, other positions that might be uh, more entrepreneurial in nature, you know, on the product side or the customer discovery side, or you could move into a more technical role like I did, Um, you know, started out as a sales associate and now I do uh, data systems architecture. It's, you know, the path is what you make of it. Just, just follow those interests. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. And I I appreciate that because you've shared quite a bit. And just again, I would say your short tenure from coming out of college. Um, So some great accomplishments from my vantage point for sure. And Connor, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. It's a pleasure speaking with you also, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye for now. 